We are helping owners create cash flow and pay down their mortgage, while our guests feel like a millionaire for the time that they stay with us. It's no secret that focusing on others' outcome ultimately leads to more income for you and your company. Welcome. We are helping owners create cash flow and pay down their mortgage, while our guests feel like a millionaire for the time that they stay with us. Welcome to the Good Endeavor Short-Term Rental Show. I'm your host, Mark McDaniel. Um, super excited to, we to welcome Chris Seventy today, who leads Seventy Mortgage. Chris comes with over 25 years of real estate experience through developing, uh, note lending. Chris is really known in the industry for his honesty and integrity and professionalism, and he's super passionate and tenacious in all the dealings that he does. And um, we were talking a little bit before the show, and I was getting to know Chris and, and what he does, and I'm super excited for this interview. Welcome to the show, Chris. Mark, thanks for having me. How are you today? I'm great, man. Thank you for joining. No problem. I, you know, I love talking real estate, so sometimes I get a little excited and passionate. I apologize in advance to everybody, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, it's something I've been doing for many, many years, and, yeah, I love it, so I enjoy talking about it as well. Man, if I had Eeyore on the show, it wouldn't be very interesting. So I appreciate you being passionate. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of our listeners are used to short-term rental investing. And short-term rental investing, there's still diamonds in the rough out there. But unless you're a really good operator, it's going to be a lot harder to make money now just because cap rates are a lot lower. And so some folks are just looking for alternative investments. So Chris, tell us a little bit about what you do over at 70 Investments. Yeah. So we run a mortgage note fund. And what's a little different about our mortgage note fund is our primary line of business is not originating new loans for private deals or commercial deals. Um, we buy loans from the secondary market. Uh, so let's say, Mark, you own a home in North Carolina, uh, you know, from, I'm just using this bank, Bank of America, you know, a lot of, over 50% of people's loans get sold and we will buy those loans on the secondary market. And our primary focus actually is on the loans that are distressed or the loans that are non-performing is what we like to focus on. So what is a, like, walk us through what a typical deal might look like. So a bank comes to you or you go to the bank and say, hey, give me a book of all your distressed properties and you pick which ones you want. Is it, does it work that simply? Pretty close. Um, you know, we usually don't deal directly with the banks. They usually will use like a merger and acquisition firm because they have all the contacts of all the people who will be interested in buying these assets. So what they'll do is they'll put it on an Excel spreadsheet of, okay, here's, you know, a hundred assets that could be uh, $40 million worth of assets. We see, um, we call them tapes um, from one asset up to, you know, I just got one that was $300 million of loans. So they can range in size and, you know, you will, What's great about it is unlike buying real estate where it's like first one in there gets to buy the asset, mm -hmm. it's like a bid schedule together. Like, okay, give me your bids by Friday. We'll take a week and then we'll let you know. And then you've got two weeks to do due diligence. And after you do diligence, confirm your price. And so it's a process that is, you know, nice in the fact that it's not always, it's not like a super rush where I'm competing with you and I can't go look at the property that day. Um, so a typical deal when we have one under agreement is... So 
I'll ask before I do that. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Um, you know, you want to guess what the average delinquency rate or how many months behind a loan is um, that we buy? How many months? So it's, you're asking, okay. So if somebody's delinquent, what is the average? Um, 150 days. Okay. Uh, three years is our average delinquency. So I love I love your expression right now because wow. you know when people hear this, people think I miss a payment, I'm going to get thrown out of our house. And there's you know depending on the state, it can take it very you know certain states you know it can be done in four or five months. Other states is four to five years. But these large institutions wow. now think of a car manufacturer. You know if something goes wrong with a specific car on the on the manufacturing line, you know assembly doesn't really know how to deal with it. You know, they're just used to doing the same thing. It was mm-hmm. very similar with mortgage loans because the banks are so used to it. All of a sudden it's like, uh-oh, this one's not paying. They'll make phone calls and stuff, but they're not super aggressive or they have 27 departments to kick it up to. And then the person stops, so they stick it in a file and then they don't, fo- so long story short. So I wanted to say, state that before, um, because that's an important component. So let's say you own $100,000 on your loan that is, you know, three years behind. And let's say originally, let's say you, it was a $150,000 house that you put 20% down. So you put 30 grand down. So your mortgage was 120 mm-hmm. and you owe a hundred today. Um, we would probably buy that loan for about $60,000. Um, so anywhere from 40 to 70 cents on the dollar, but usually it's around 60. So we'd buy it for 60,000. They still owe us a hundred, and I'm just going to use simple numbers. Their payments a thousand dollars per month, mm-hmm. um, and they're three years behind. So it's thirty six thousand dollars behind. We may go to you and say, "Hey, Mark, um, you know, we're trying to work something out to keep you in your home. Can you give me ten thousand dollars down, not thirty six, but just ten thousand dollars down, and then start making? And if you do that for, and then if you make twelve months of a thousand dollar payments." I will push that money back to the back end of the loan, the other 24000 that you owe. And, you know, a lot of borrowers will be basically like, work with you in some way. Let's use that example. If I get $10,000 down, and then I get an extra $12,000 in that first year, I just got $22,000 on a $60,000 investment. Yes. And then, you know, I can push that to the end because I'm still getting it. But the interesting thing is after like 12, 18 months, I can turn around and now sell that loan back onto the market and I might be able to sell it for 80 or 90 cents on the dollar. And then when you think about your mortgage payment of principal versus interest, most of your payments interest. So the principals really hasn't come down that much. So we get that kicker on the end. So my business partner, Lauren, likes to describe it as instead of fixing and flipping properties, we're fixing and flipping the loan with the borrower. We're trying to renovate the borrower to get them again on a payment plan yeah. and basically then turn around once they're, you know, uh, I'll call it um, fixed, um, then turn around and sell it. And then the other component to it is if somebody says, well, what if they stop paying? Now, our average loan is probably like nine years old. You know, what was a house worth nine years ago versus today? You know, that $150,000 house is probably worth two twenty-five today. They owe a hundred we have 60 into it. So we have very low coverage. And if they don't, we could then go to legal route, which would end up possibly in a foreclosure, which then would basically would just get paid off because the house would get, so an investor would pay 
more than a hundred thousand for a two hundred thousand dollar house. Mm-hmm. I think of banks. So I've, I've dealt a lot with banks, and I, I mean, I, I think you're right. I, I'm not sure how small banks, like regional banks, think about it, but they're they're probably similar to large banks and how they process payments and and whatnot. But um, they don't want to own real estate. They want to lend on real estate. So is there any part of your business that takes a non-performing loan, turns it into a performing loan, and then for whatever reason, you know, the the borrower can't make payments again. And you have to you have to go with the eviction route and foreclosure route. Is there any part of your business that takes the house, fixes it up, and puts it back, back on the market? Or do you just try to wholesale it or sell the loan, period? Uh, usually we will just try and sell it to an investor as is. Yeah. You know, I spent 20 years in construction and trying to manage construction when it's across the street from you is tough. Trying to do it from, we've invested in over 40 states. Uh, I've physically, I think, only probably driven by out of 600 plus loans, probably like two or three of the properties that we've owned um, personally. So knowing what I know, trying to renovate from afar is not fun and it probably won't really get us that big bump we want we might trash out the property or clean it out or do some minor stuff to the property, but like a full-blown rehab, we'll let the experts in the area and work with them. And what, you know, we can also be creative with them where it's like, hey, look, we'll sell or finance it to you and you don't have to pay cash for it. And then, you know, might be able to get a little better price and then get paid off mm-hmm. six months later. So that's what's great about the bank. You're always in control where we have so many exits that we can do. So, yeah, know, that's why- Again, we don't want to own real estate. I've owned plenty of real estate in my life. That's why I do notes now because I got tired of owning real estate. <laughs> it's, it's a lot less headache and a lot more, a lot less moving parts. So if I'm if I'm Joe investor and I've been investing in real estate and I'm just like, man, I mean, this picture that everybody's painted this to be, I mean, it can be great. Like it can be really good. But now we're kind of going into a high interest rate environment, a little tougher environment financially. Um, I'm looking for maybe a more passive way. What is what is the day-to-day or month-to-month or year-to-year look like if I'm an investor with you guys? Yeah, so we run two funds, a Regulation A plus and a Regulation D, 506C. Um, so the Regulation A, which is open to anybody, accredited and non-accredited, uh, you know, it's a $5,000 minimum investment. And, you know, for example, today, um, we're towards the end of a month. Now, if somebody invested today, they would start accruing their dividend on the first of the next month and the first of the following month, they get a, um, you know, they get their first uh, distribution. And we send out, you know, quarterly reports to the investors. We have an internal investor relations team that's, you know, based here in the United States. So you can speak to somebody if you need to get access to your account. You know, it's essentially like buying shares of a public company. But of course, we're not public. We are private. And for those, um, you know, that enjoy, uh, you know, case studies, um, I have, you know, we have a podcast, we have a YouTube channel, we do lots of case studies, we send out deals of the week. So we like to over communicate with our investors, because we want to educate our investors, because I've always found more educated the investor, the better the relationship. That's right. And the trust level goes through the roof. And so if I'm investing in the fund, obviously this is a myriad of pieces of real estate. I'm not just investing into one house with you, right? Yep, correct. So, you know, you would have preferred equity with the shares and we don't have debt. 
because we are the bank. You know, mm-hmm. you think of other types of syndications um, where they raise 40% of money and get 60% leverage from a lender. So on that capital stack, of course, it goes to debt, then you might have some equity. Now we don't have the we don't have that debt. So we our investors are preferred equity. Um, so they're, you know, kind of, you know, first in the food chain on the uh, capital stack. Okay. So I'm, I mean, that's, that was the appealing part of short-term rentals is that um, somebody could come in and they could invest in a property um, and they thought, so so many f- folks think they have a full-time job and they thought that they could get active participation, which requires a lot of rules in order to get a tax advantage. Um by investing in a fund in, in notes, you equated it to kind of like a shares of a company to a stock. Are there any are there any tax advantages to that, or is it kind of taxes capital gains? Uh, so typically, and this is very something to always ask, no matter what type of fund you invest in, is to understand that tax structure because everybody looks at the nice numbers that are on the PPM or in that marketing brochure. But, you know, that's the gross. What is your nets? Um, And the way we structured it, which is different, and I can thank my wife for this because you just get so many K-1s and it would take forever to get our taxes done. Finally, um, you know, she convinced me, uh, you know, which we did this as a C corporation. So people get a 1099 dividend. So just like if you owned Apple shares or some other shares, the end of January, you just get a dividend, which is then should be a qualified dividend. I can't provide tax advice um, that is taxed at a much lower rate than a lot of other note funds because typically you're getting interest income and interest income is actually taxed at your ordinary income rate. So that is one area that we try to educate a lot of our investors on or potential investors because they might look at and say, well, this person's an extra a point higher than yours. I'm like, well, yeah, but you're paying 37% with them only paying 20% with me. So actually at the end of the day, I'm like a point higher. So, you know, do you want me to drop it a point? So we're even uh, yeah. <laughs> joking, but uh, yeah, that's something to absolutely make sure you pay attention to because also, you know, K ones, some, they cost, you know, they cost more to have your accountant do them and everything where the 1099, di- you know, divs are just like simple. Yeah. I really, I mean, that's nice. I really like that. I, I don't think a lot of folks do it that way. It's actually, I mean, we're paying for it as a company. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's kind of, you know, how we structured everything overall um, within, you know, the operations of the company. But this is also some of the things that if you are looking to invest passively, some of the questions that you need to ask, because, you know, people a lot of times just ask like, oh, what are you investing in? What's the asset? What's this? And you know, they forget to ask a lot of those follow-on leading questions of, okay, like what is reporting? When do I get my K-1s? How many K-1s do you get on time? You issue on time in your history versus what do I have? Because yeah. that can lead to, um, you know, a lot of frustration. And back in the day with some of my other funds where I had K-1s, you know, especially today with accounting accountants, you know, in demand, you know, stuff gets delayed and it's not sure. good if you have to delay, um, documents to your investors. You're absolutely right. Just just went through that. I should have asked you this at the beginning of the conversation. How long have you guys been doing this? So I've been doing notes since 2016. I started in real estate in 97. Uh, so graduate co- quick stories, graduated college in 97, 
15 years for a large commercial general contractor building really cool projects, um, you know, 300 unit apartment buildings, courthouses, office retail, you name it, I built it. Uh, then I spent 10 years working for a developer. Uh, and uh, after I started working for a developer, he asked me, hey, what do you have in your personal portfolio? And I'm like, oh, nothing. I've been working. And he laughed at me. He goes, you got to start owning real estate. So in 2014, I started buying more um, local real estate here in the DC area. But my wife and I were two little kids, just couldn't handle it. It was just too much with the W-2s. So my nice. wife's like, we can't do this anymore. So I thank my wife for getting me in notes because then I'm like, okay, what else can I do? I stumbled upon note investing, which I didn't even know existed. I was kind of upset. I knew private lending, but I didn't know you could do the, um, the mortgage notes on the secondary market. So I found out about it in 2016 and dove straight in. So the last seven years wow. went from zero to 600 plus loans. I'm on my fifth or sixth fund. I always forget. Um, so yeah, it's been going well, say the least. Did you start out creating funds or did you, were you kind of doing it on your own and then just developed over time? Yeah, I'm of the, I'm a conservative type, so I won't take people's money until I absolutely know what I'm doing. So I started with, um, some of my own retirement account money and just started, I started out buying four notes and then, uh, you know, got the hang of it and then started buying more. And then what I realized was I go to these conferences and I'm sure every aspect of real estate, this is the case. You go to a conference and 95% of the people there, I call window shoppers. They're there basically thinking they're going to do it, but never end up doing it or find this too hard. So I started reaching out to people at conferences and said, Hey, look, if you find it too difficult, I'll manage and you fund a deal and we'll split the profits. So I started doing JV deals. And once I got to like, I had like 50 JV deals going on, which every JV deal is like its own company essentially, because yeah. I keep separate yeah. books. Then I realized, okay, let's go to the fund model. So in 2018, um, I started putting together several funds that they were small dollar. Um, they were, you know, million, few million bucks that um, I was testing, you know, different return profiles, different language, you know, just wanted to make test everything because what I didn't want to do, and it was really for me to make sure, okay, can I still make money in a fund structure? I didn't want to over, you know, give all the upside to all the investors and me do this for two years making nothing. Yeah. So kind of structured to understand and also understand the investor avatar. What do the investors want? What do they like? Because node investing funds are very different investor profile than somebody who's investing in, you know, call it cryptocurrency as an example, because they're very high risk compared to most people in note funds are, you know, more conservative on the risk. Do you find that a lot of note investors have a similar path that you had? Like they were heavy in real estate and just wanted less of the burden and they kind of came out of it. You know, it's, you know, like it's the same thing. You know, I joke, you know, when I went from construction to development, they always said you went over to the dark side working for a developer. You know, I, I view note investing as the dark side because people when they get tired of owning all this real estate and tired of dealing with, you know, we say tenants, toilets, and termites in that 2, 2 a.m. call that the roof leak or somebody broke something. Even if you have a property management, they still text you too. Um, you know, we don't have to deal with that. So now don't, let's not say I still don't own real estate. Of course, I still own some real estate, um, you know, for many different purposes. I, you know, always recommend a diverse portfolio, but that's now not my primary course of business. And, you know, we have other headaches, of course, we deal with, 
but um, you know, I find it not as intrusive as actually owning the real estate. Wow. So, I mean, you can go to the bank right now and you can get 5% on your savings. And so it's easy. It's passive. If, if I were to invest with you guys, what would, what would life kind of look like with that? Obviously, you know, the, you, you can't be entirely liquid the entire time, but in exchange for that, maybe you get a little better return. Is, is that, is that right? Yeah, it's eight to 10% is, um, you know, where people, you know, where the dividends uh, fall, depending on the investment amount and, you know, that's, you know, it's always challenging when you can go get 5% at the bank and, you know, people look at these real estate deals and they're thinking, oh, interest rates went up. So you should be paying more of a return. And it's actually the opposite of, you know, within real estate in most markets now, as yes. the cost of everything goes up, that actually diminishes returns. You know, multifamily, I'm just going to pick on multifamily. I love multifamily. Uh, you know, multifamily returns three years ago at a two and a half percent mortgage is very different than it is today at a 7% mortgage. A lot of the numbers don't even work today. So, um, so when you, you can get that cost of capital, um, you know, at a lower premium. Um, so, you know, and that's, you know, I think investors just have to realize that and, you know, also look at, you know, trying to diversify that portfolio. Yeah. Yeah. So minimum investments, 5k, what's, what's your typical investor, look like? I mean, 5K to this, the sky's the limit or? Yeah, is 5K, there a limit? the sky's the limit. Uh, so we started with retail investors. Um, so, you know, we have about 500 investors. The average investment's right around 40,000. Uh, a lot of people put 25 in because that's where you get the first group of bonus shares, which gets you a little bit over 9% return um, nice. from, from that standpoint. So it's about 40,000. We started now um, working with some broker dealers and get um, some institutional money. So that's a lengthy process. And, you know, we've started working that, um, but that's going positive at this point in time. But, you know, from that retail side of things, like I said, we're a little over 500 investors and the average is right around 40,000. So you mentioned something and I didn't maybe mention this earlier. I didn't pick up on it, but at a certain level, which it sounds like it's 25,000, you get a little bit of a preferred return. Yeah, so eight, you know, if you invest five thousand, you get, you know, eight percent. Um, if you invest twenty five thousand, so it's ten dollars a share. So you have um twenty five hundred shares, but at mm -hmm. twenty five thousand, we give you an extra hundred shares. So okay. basically your share price comes down if you want to look at it that way. So you would now be earning that interest on twenty six hundred shares. And then when you cash out, um it's a four year lockup. You can keep going if you want, or you can cash out. But at four-year mark, um, you can cash in, and then you get twenty-six thousand. You get that extra thousand-dollar bump at the end as well. Is there a level above twenty-five thousand? Yeah, it's twenty-five. I think fifty. Then I think it goes up to a uh, hundred, and then um, two fifty. Okay. So it's yeah, it's tiered, and all of that's on our website. Um, that you can have. So, you know, the more you invest, uh, the better, um, you know, a little, little better perks we provide. That's right. That's great. And so that's, that's the total four year kind of, kind of promise, not promise, nothing's, nothing's ever promised, but that's the four year anticipated return. Um, and then if I'm like my monthly dividend, what is that? 
Is that part of the total calculation on the return? I I assume. Yeah. So we don't have we don't do the drip, which is direct reinvestment. So if you invest, um, you know, let's just say ten thousand dollars, you know, you'll get let's see, roughly, you know, your check would be like you know sixty something bucks a month or whatever. Eight percent is eight hundred bucks a year. So you just get that every month, you know, back to okay. you, and then you know, like I said, so you get that for. You know, we haven't missed the distribution since last July. So, you know, you get your distribution payment. And then at the end, um, you know, basically anticipation, of course, would be to get your full uh, you know, your your capital, back. capital back at that point in time. And because okay. after that time, you can leave it, um, you know, if you want or pull it. And um, now so we might be waiting on another investment. Um, so, you know, you can leave it in there um, at that point in time. So we were open ended from that standpoint. So. We're not shutting it down where we're going to be, you know, throw, you know, stuff saying, okay, here you go back with the funds at that point in time. Yeah. And I guess that makes sense for you guys because the more you invest, the fewer investors you administrate. And so it, it makes sense to, to kind of get a little more incentive there. And with technology today, you know, whether it's 10 investors or 10,000, the technology is there to make it pretty simple today um, within the fund management with the software that's out there of, you know, basically, you know, our investment process is pretty simple. It's all done online um, where it's through a, a broker dealer website where you put in your information. Um, then you can sign your subscription agreement. You can select kind of a payment right then and there. And then money and everything goes to an escrow agent. Um, so right now we're using an escrow agent. So the money goes into them to make sure all the documents. One thing that is a little different that we hadn't done in the past um, that we do now is the whole AML, KYC, anti-money laundering, know your customer. So we run that on every person, which interesting story. We did have somebody who wanted to invest $5 million, but they're like, can I invest it outside of the fund? And we're like, well, no, you have to invest it through the fund and you look back and forth and stuff. So I, me being the, you know, the internet sleuth I think I am, I uh, went and Googled this guy and this guy had spent like, I think it was like 15 years in prison for being a drug runner. Uh, so I'm like, yeah, probably should not, um, you know, uh, you know. <laughs> which I mean, and that's the stuff like that whole AML KYC, they'll pick up on that and they will reject that person. So that's why it goes to escrow. So if they fail that, then escrow will just basically be like, hey, you didn't pass. Here's your money back. Yeah, that's that's interesting, man. I've got stories like that in the construction business in Eastern Tennessee of of um, contractors I've gotten <laughs> in the bed with or or you know did business with. I found out one was on like America's Most Wanted and another one that done some white collar crimes. And so, yeah, it's interesting in this business. It's interesting some of uh, the story, and that's like we like to share case studies um, because one of the things we like to share is. Lenders sometimes have that bad rap of like being the big bad bank and coming in just foreclosing on people. You know, as we mentioned earlier, I don't want their house and we tell them we don't want your house, but you still need to play ball. You know, we probably only foreclose on about 10% of our assets. Um, and usually that's because the person's either deceased or they don't actually want the property. But you know, we've got one who or two right now, they filed bankruptcy like five times in the last two years that they just keep filing and just stalling. Um, one of them actually, while they're in bankruptcy, and I don't know how they were able to do this, um, bought a Range Rover and a Mercedes. And, you know, they haven't paid in like six years. And Hard money loans. So I, 
who knows, but it's, you know, people like that, you know, again, it's up to you whether you feel sympathy for somebody who hasn't paid in six years, but, you know, just went and bought a Range Rover and a Mercedes, you know, people voice their own opinion. But, um, you know, there's like we talked earlier before we started, like any business is good ideas and there's people who do it well and people who, you know, know how to game the system. I mean, I guess the good news of that, I mean, that was one of the questions I was going to ask, like, what's the worst case scenario in in, in doing business this way. But the good news is you're buying it from a capital standpoint at such a heavy discount. You know, you're what buying it 50 cents on the dollar, 60 cents on the dollar. And so you've allowed yourself enough margin in these deals. So where you're not, you're not stressed about them missing a payment and you're, you're trying to work with these folks to, to, to allow them to make payments. Yeah, and to give you an idea, like our entire portfolio, and these are just going to be like rough, rough numbers. Now, we've got roughly like $17 million in cash out the door. Um, the balance on the loans are like $27 million, and the property values of all the assets is like $55 million. Oh, wow. So look at from like a loan to value, the loan to value is under 50%, and investment to value is even, you know, it's at like 35%. And what happened with, you know, in 2008, um, with a lot of people, you know, they had those second mortgages um, that, you know, basically property values dropped. So those mortgages became underwater, even their primary mortgage became underwater and that devalued the loans significantly because you owe a hundred grand, your property is only worth 50. Banks only getting what the property is worth. And, you know, you can't get water from a rock if the person doesn't have anything else. So that's right. That's where... You know, you got to be careful and make sure the equity is in these properties, which is hard because, you know, I can't go knock on your door, Mark, and say, hey, I'm buying your loan that you haven't paid for in three years. Let me see the inside of the property. That's right. And, you know, we send people by to look on the outside and do inspections on the outside. But, you know, it's still a um, we have to do you know, good evaluation. And this is good. I know we've kind of bobbed and weaved through the conversation. So I appreciate you being patient and answering all my all my inquisitive questions. Um Man, if if somebody wants to get in touch with you or become a node investor with with your firm, what's the best way to reach out to you? Yeah, they can email me, Chris, my first name, C-H-R-I-S, at the number seven, the letter E, investments.com. Now, our website is 7einvestments.com. You can find out more information about our fund, um, people looking for more education. We do run a membership group uh, you know, that meets biweekly that is more of a roll up your sleeves and want to get something done uh, type of uh, education where we walk through a lot of things with investors. And I try and keep that limited to under 20 people within the group. So, you know, uh, because I don't need want a thousand people that I'm trying to mentor train. I don't have time for it. Uh, I do it more for, um, cause I love the business, but yeah, go to, you know, go to a website and, um, you know, if you're interested in investing or email me and, uh, and set up a call with, um, you know, either Katie, Tony, or Lauren, who work for us on the investor relations side, and they're happy to discuss all the details, answer questions, um, whether you're looking to invest, invest with a self-directed IRA, however it is uh, you're interested. This is great. This It makes me rethink um, some of my strategy kind of moving forward around, around some passive income. So thank you for this. And folks, if, if you want to invest with Chris, reach out. Go to 7e.com. And um, I think that's it, man. I really appreciate it. Mark, thanks for having me today. Greatly enjoyed You're welcome. 
Thank you for listening and don't forget about the tools available to subscribers. The Property Manager Self-Assessment Tool, My Property Upgrade Walkthrough List, or the chance to feel like a millionaire for the weekend by checking out one of our own properties in person. It's all available on our website, www.goodendeavorstrshow.com. Thank you.